0: About, um, the arrow of breakthrough, um, the prophetic and the apostolic, um, which I'm excited about but also a wee bit nervous about as well. So, um, but I'm excited, we're just going to kind of see what God does and, and that's going to be cool. So, three years ago, um, Ray and I moved from the um, couple to come here and plant church untamed, and we were given a prophetic word about two sides of an arrow one was the apostolic and one was the prophetic, and the purpose was the breakthrough. Now, in the third way, our church logo has arrows in it. If you look closely, they're not proper arrows, but it's as close as I could get at the time. Um, but it was a prophetic statement about what we believe that God is going to do in and through church untamed. That there was going to be breakthrough come to people's lives, that there was going to be breakthrough come to the region um, because of what God was doing. You know, So the apostolic and the prophetic they go hand in hand. And sometimes we can go, oh, apostolic, prophetic, that's kind of weird. We don't want to be involved in something until we've got weird. But um, it's not weird. It's just um, tools that God has given us to use to bring breakthrough um, to our lives, to bring breakthrough to the lives of those around us. And I love, this this quote, we're not... We're not human beings having a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings having a human experience, and I just love that quote because for me it puts things a lot of a lot in perspective. And when we look at things like their emotions and their situations, and we go, "Oh, the spiritual stuff is like out there; it's not for me." But actually, each and every one of us, we have a spirit, or we are a, body that, uh, sorry, we a spirit that has a body. And sometimes we just need to keep that perspective, because um, that can change things for us. If we're always looking at that, things from a natural perspective, from a human perspective, then we can miss what it is that God is doing. because God is so much bigger than what we can see in front of us. Okay? God is a, is a spiritual God, and He is in the natural, but He's also in the spiritual. And you know, sometimes we just see what's going on in the natural, and we don't actually understand what's going on in the spiritual. Um, so just kind of throwing that in there. But, so yeah, the apostolic and the prophetic go hand in hand. The apostolic is for breakthrough in the now, and the prophetic is what is breakthrough in the next. So we're going to have a look at these, a wee bit, this morning. And these two topics are, like, something that's so massively big, like, huge. We could talk for a month, like, non-stop about it. And so I'm not going to do that because it's a long time to have church. Um, So we're just going to talk briefly this morning um, about these two things. And I'd encourage you to go away and talk to God and listen to God and see what He is saying to you as well. Because it's not just myself um, as a leader that can hear God, but each and every single one of you can hear God too. And He is speaking to each and every one of you. He doesn't speak to me because oh Shannon, you're the pastor. Oh Shannon, you're doing this, I'll speak to you. He speaks to each and every one of us because we are His children. So I don't talk to like Charlie or Asher because of the role that they play. Um, you, know, you need to do those jobs. I talk to them because they're my children and I love them. And so God is like that with us. He talks to us because, um, because he loves us. Now, as children, we have the choices to whether we listen or not. And I can tell you that my children often don't listen and they miss what I'm saying. So if that's true for them, how often be true for us with God. That God is speaking to us, but how often are we just kind of not paying attention? Um, I like to have the, um, the only pity party and the a tantrum at God, and sometimes because I'm having those, I miss what it is that he's saying, but he's got big shoulders and he's way more patient than I am, and so I can have a tantrum for a long time, and then I finish, and he's like, oh, finally. Now will you listen? So, <laughs> we can be like that as children, so it's important that go away, listen to God, hear what it is that he's saying to you, and amongst makes this as well. Okay, all good? promise it's not going to be too scary. Okay, so apostolic. So when I think of apostolic, it's pioneering, it's breaking new ground, starting new things, culture carrying. Okay, so seeing what God sees and says and putting that into action. Okay? And there is only apostolic with no prophetic, that's action without direction. So the apostolic and the prophetic go hand in hand with one another. Okay, the word apostle comes from the vocabulary Of the Roman Empire okay, So in Greek culture um, An apostle was uh, a person Who was like an ambassador Sent by the emperor to represent And cultivate the culture of the empire Within the newly conjured province Over which he presided So the Roman Empire would go And take over new lands And they'd take over places And then they'd, they'd conquer And then whenever they took over That place became like Rome um, So the, the culture, the art the the work, the people, the language, everything, the religion came down was like Rome. So you could go to any town that was, or an area that was a province of the Roman Empire, and it would be just like being in Rome. And so what they would do is they had these things called apostleships, and they would take um, leaders and people um, who carried the culture of that kingdom, and they would send them out to those new provinces, and then they would take that into those new provinces and they'll establish Rome essentially in a area, they'll establish the kingdom, the culture, the language, the arts, everything of that, in um, in that area. Okay, so sorry, my notes are really small. Okay, so the word um, the word literally means sent one. Okay, it comes from the Greek word apostolos, and which means one who has been sent carrying the orders of another with the authority of the one who sent them. I like that. One who has been sent, carrying the orders of another with the authority of the one who has sent, who has sent them. So these imperial ambassadors were essential to establishing the culture of the newly occupied Roman territory. Okay, they carried great authority from the emperor who sent them. And yet they remained under that authority as well. So they had the authority of the emperor, but they came under the emperor's authority. Okay, they carry, um, sorry. a conquered territory will then look at look to the apostle to reshape the culture and then bring the people into alignment with the values and practices of the conquering kingdom. Okay, these Roman apostles were sent out with fully stocked ships with everything that they needed to establish the culture of that kingdom. That's why they called they were called apostle ships. Okay, so they were sent out with everything that they needed to establish the culture. To establish the language, to establish the economy, the, um, the look, the feel, the language, everything that they needed to convert that place to Rome, or to a Roman um, empire place, was in that ship. They were fully equipped. You know, when God calls you out to do something new, to establish the culture of his kingdom, he sends you out fully resourced and fully equipped. So I would encourage you, church that if God is calling you to establish something new he's calling you to break ground, he's, he's calling you to carry his culture of the kingdom to somewhere he has equipped you and he has resourced you you have all the tools and equipment you need Now Jesus called his 12 closest disciples, apostles and he sent them out with his authority to bring the culture of the kingdom to the places where they were not, where they, they, they were sent to The apostles went out to new lands, um, sharing the gospel, and establishing churches to the new believers. So the the twelve disciples, they went out as as apostles to new areas. And they carried the the culture of the kingdom. They carried the authority of the one who sent them, but they also came under that authority. They had everything that they needed with them. To bring to to change that culture, to take that culture into new places. Now we too carry that apostolic anointing. Now we carry the kingdom of heaven within us and establish it wherever we may find ourselves. We are kingdom carriers. We carry the culture of heaven within us. And it is countercultural to the world that we find ourselves in. You know, so we, we establish that culture wherever we find ourselves. Um, whether that be at our homes, our workplaces, our school, our neighbourhood, our local supermarket. Now wherever we find ourselves, it makes sense that the culture of the kingdom that is within us would leak out because we can't contain it. It would make sense that it would start to seep into those areas around us. And that those areas would start to change culture. I remember when I moved to Queenstown, well, I started working in Queenstown, um, the campus that I was working at, when I told my workmates in Vicargo, I've got a work transfer when I moved out. And I said to my workmates, oh, well, this is where I'm going to go, and I'm going like, to the campus. And they like, what are you doing? That place is horrible. You're not nice people there. Like, oh, thanks. It's so sterile, don't go over here. It's difficult, it's hard. No one likes that campus. Oh, great, tell me, guys, thanks. You know, I was there, and there had been a culture of disconnection. There had been a culture of like mistrust. There had been a culture of um, of just hurt and, and bitterness and a whole lot of stuff in that place. But six weeks after um, I'd been I'd been there, and I hadn't done anything. I hadn't introduced anything. I hadn't changed anything. But six weeks after I'd been there, our chief executive came up for a staff meeting, which she never did. She needed it beforehand because the atmosphere and the reception that she received when she came up here was so hostile that she never th- didn't come up to that place. But after we he had our staff meeting, she said to me, afterwards, that feels different. I was like, oh. She's like, no, that feels different. It's different here. The atmosphere is different. You've got to understand, she's a non-Christian. But she could recognise that in that place... Something had started to shift and the atmosphere had started to shift. And I hadn't done anything different. I'd just gone in as me, done my thing as me. Like I was, there was an administrator, i have not administrative, I made a lot of mistakes, but my heart was for people. And because of that, that's what leaked out with me the way I spoke to people, the way I encouraged them. And in that time, the six weeks, that atmosphere started to change. And, and that's all it was, is because the kingdom within me, the culture of heaven within me, leaked out into the environment around me. When we go into places, we carry a culture of the kingdom, and it leaks out around us, and it changes those places. And as we cultivate that, we start to see heaven come to earth—a culture of grace, a culture of hope, a culture of um, of forgiveness. we start to see those come rather than the prevailing culture of the world around us. Each of you carry the culture of the kingdom within you because you're a child of God. It's not because of what you've done. It's not because of um, a title that you hold. But it's because you are a child of God. Because of who you are. And as you go out into places, into the world, whether it be high or apart, that culture that is within you cannot help but affect those around us. And so because of that, you carry an anointing as a child of God to go in and change atmospheres and change cultures. And that is what the historic does. Now, Corporately as a church, the season we're in now is we're seeing us break new ground and establishing new things. So you've got to understand, where we started two and a half years ago is not what we look like now. Okay, so we're in a classroom, um, we'd hang sheets up on the wall to make it not look like a classroom. Um, we'd have to pack out all of the stuff in the classroom, photograph it so we knew what it was like put it back in. And we had the space that if we had um, 30 people, would have been like, even living under more in. Now that's where we started. And that was awesome. But then God said to us, we're going to do a new thing, and we're going to, we're going to do a new thing, and we're going, to, we're going to move into more, we're going to march more, we're going to take more ground, and this is what we're going to do. And so he said, you're going to go into the auditorium. We were like, yeah, no, we're not. And then the school said, you're going to go into the auditorium. We're like, oh, okay, looks like we're going into the auditorium. And so at that time, a service of 25 people was like massive. But when you get 25 people in here, it doesn't feel very massive. It all. In fact it feels quite small. And so God had said that would be in here and we'll see this place filled. And so what I used to do is I used to stack up the chairs and block off the back part of the auditorium so it didn't feel like weird and big and empty. But you know, we don't have the space to do that now. I know obviously people are away this weekend and the youth are away and the young adults and stuff are away. But we don't have the space to do that anymore. Like the, if we hadn't stepped into a bigger space, we wouldn't able to do what we're doing now. now and then, So that's awesome, right? And then we started live worship. And that was something new. That was something scary. And that, but that was something new. But when we did that, it brought an atmosphere where we can encounter God in a whole new way. It brought an atmosphere where we were more sensitive to the Spirit and to His leading. It brought an atmosphere of people. I brought an atmosphere of um, of change and of shift, right? You know? And then we introduced kids. Oh, have got yeah, it was that was pretty scary introducing kids. But also, what was scary was like having thirty kids and nine kids. So, like, <laughs> so you know, but and that was and there was a bit and that was a bit scary. And well, that's not like all you know amazing and perfect right now what that's doing is setting up our next generation of kids to understand that they're a child of God, that they have value, that they have purpose, you know? Um, You know, we're seeing connect groups being established, which is incredible, where people are starting to to form relationships together and get to know one another, but also go deeper in God, go deeper in the Word, and go deeper into what He has for them. And so we're seeing Foundations being built in people's lives that that prepare them for the next step of God. So, we're seeing in all these new things that God is doing, and it's not us doing it, it's God doing it, and all those new things, what we're seeing is we're seeing a foundation being laid for the next season, for the next thing of what God's wanting to do. Because we can't do it if we don't have um, worship that is sensitive to the Spirit of God. We can't do it if we don't have children are engaged in, in, in what it is that God is saying them. who are learning about the word, who are learning about the authority that they carry about learning that they carry the culture of heaven as they go into school as they go into their workplace as they go and hang out with their friends and knowing that hey, my friend is not well if I pray for them that Jesus will heal them now we're setting up that generation of young people for what it is that God is wanting to do with them next. Does that make sense? So when we do that, when, we, when we're seeing ground being broken and stuff now and new things being pioneered, those things are awesome, but they're not the end, because what they're doing is they're establishing us for the next thing that God's going to do. Does that make sense? Now, as we continue to break ground in this season, we set things up for the next season that God has in store for us. Okay, and we can't jump seasons. And sometimes we want to jump season to mean I'd like, like, Jesus, I'd love to have like the whole band, the you know the LED screen of lights and fancy gizmos. But at the moment, that's not where we're at. But if we step ahead to that, then we haven't built up the resilience. We haven't built up the muscle for that. We haven't built up the faith to step into that next season when it comes. Every step we take is exercising a muscle. That is going to step us into the next thing that God has for us, but we can't skip steps. It's like in school when you try to like don't study, and you just try to cram it all in the last um, last bit before the exam. But because you haven't got that foundation of knowledge, it just doesn't quite work the same when you go in, and it just kind of ends up like an epic fail. Now it's important that that we make the most of the season that God is doing, and we and we experience it and we get all that we can out of it and don't be afraid of it, but we embrace it because it lays the foundation. And we want to have good foundations going into the next season, whatever that looks like. And that's not just the church, but it's also in our own lives. We want to make sure that the foundations that we're laying equip us for the next thing that God has for us. Because what I've learned with Jesus is that there is always more. There is always more. The end is not the end. If you're not in heaven, sitting up there in glory with Him, then the end is not the end. Your story is not over, and He has more for you. Okay, I have seen incredible people in their 80s and 90s still going hard for God because there is more. There is more in Him. It's not a matter of like oh, I've done my dash, but they know that God always has something. Which is incredible, I love that It's not like there's an expiry date, he doesn't run out He has more for you The prophetic The prophetic is the calling and breakthrough in the next season It provides direction It gives hope and it edifies And people often um, get a wee bit freaked out by the prophetic Um, It can seem a wee bit hairy-fairy Those people, they're like prophesy and stuff. That's weird. You know? Um, they have visions of the Old Testament prophets. Um, Thus saith the Lord followed by lightning bolts and fire and brimstone and all that kind of stuff. But actually, <laughs> there's more to prophecy than that. Bill Johnson says prophesy will either tell of what is coming or it will change the immediate it will, sorry, it will change an immediate event. And he has this example of a um, heroin addict who has been prophesied over by one of his staff at Bethel Church in Reading and um, this guy's a heroin addict and, and um, Christopher is, is prophesying over him and he's calling him holy he's calling him holy but this guy's a heroin addict There's nothing holy about being a heroin addict but he is calling out the, the cause that God has for him the identity that God has for that he's holy he was calling it out as if it was, and by the time he finished prophesying, that addict had no more desire for that addiction. That addict had no more, no more desire to try and, you know, get his next fix. He had no more desire to continue with that lifestyle, and so that prophecy in that moment caused an immediate change in that person. How incredible is that? Eh? You know, so not only can prophecy provide direction for the next season but it also can change us immediately. There's something that can, fact, can change immediately. And essentially, essentially, prophecy is hearing the voice of God and speaking it out. At, at the heart of it, that's what it is. And people go, oh, that's just for the special people. No, no. Prophecy is a gift that each and every single one of us can have. Something that each and every single one of us can access. You know, we, can hear the, we can hear the word of God we can hear him speaking to us because he's our father and he is always speaking to us. It's just up to us how we listening. And the more we get to know him, the more we build a relationship with him, the more that we will hear his voice and recognize it. Because sometimes he can speak to us but we don't recognize that it's him. Do you, know, you have like these moments when you're doing something and you hear a voice you're like, oh, what's that? Oh, that's just my thoughts. Sometimes it's actually God. Uh, there's been times where I've heard God's voice and I've, like, physically stopped and gone, oh, because he's always had to shout to get my attention above my own thoughts. You know, so essentially God, the prophecy is hearing God's voice and speaking it out. And that can be hearing God's voice for yourself, for your situation. It can be hearing God's voice for someone else and for their situation. There's a couple of things with that that are quite important. Okay, so the one bringing the word, the one, if you if you're, If you have a word for someone that you're wanting to to share with someone that you believe God is speaking to them about? Okay. The person bringing that word to them has the responsibility to ensure that they're only bringing what God is saying and not interpreting it through their own filter um, or through their own agenda. Because we've all heard those things. I'm going to go the church and you're called to come with me. Now you've heard that before, that like that's quite right. But you were called to come with me. But the prophecy said that, so it must be right. That's not necessarily right, okay? Sometimes when we know people's situations, we can filter things through our own, our own agenda. And it's really important that we don't try to interpret a word for someone, that we just speak what we believe God is saying. And they'll always say to them, okay, I want you to go away and pray about that. Because as the one receiving a word, if okay, someone gives you a prophetic word, gives you a word, for direction, it's really important that you actually test it. Now, what I mean by that is a couple of things. Does it line up with the word of God? That is so important. Does it line up with what it says in the Bible? Does it line up with the character and the nature of God? So an example I use is we used to use this for very young adults. There's a movie a few years ago that came out called Save. I don't know if any of you guys have seen it. it's pretty old. Um but it was for young adults and it was about this girl, she was a Christian, it was a of those fringy Christian but not a Christian movie. Okay, so um there was this girl, she was a Christian, and she felt that God told her to sleep with her boyfriend. And as a result, she got pregnant They're in high school. And so like we used to show this movie to young adults because it created some great discussion about does that line up with the word of God? Does that line up with the character and nature of God? Does this line up with what he's saying? Is she listening? And so it was a really good example for them to see know, we need to test the word. When it does this line up, you know, am I sure that this is the word from God? And the other thing is, when you're receiving the word, you might feel it in your spirit that that doesn't kind of sit right if you just said it a bit, hmm, not sure about that. Take it away, pray about it. Sometimes don't take it on board, just sit on a and maybe that's for another time. We've all received words, you know, it hasn't felt right, or it seems just a bit off. And that's okay, because no one gets it 100% right all the time. But it's just our responsibility to test it, you know. Before we take it on board, treat it as gospel for our life. Take it to God. What, this is, what, is this what you're saying to me? What does this mean? What does this look like? Does it make sense? Now, you don't have to have another person pray for you or, to give you or give you a prophetic word. Each and every single one of us have the ability to hear God for ourselves. And, you know, and that's so, so important. For some people, um, it's, it's actually more important that we're going to recognize the voice of God for ourselves than to wait to receive a word from someone else. Now, we've all been to um, services or conferences and stuff where there's like, really prophetic people, like, I just want them to just give me a word. Give me a word of God. Have you just listen to me? Just get it direct from the source. I don't need a middleman to come through. You know, sometimes, sometimes we can just actually, it's just look at getting it from God. We can hear um, from God ourselves. When we first, um, when we first came to Cromwell, um, we received a number of prophetic words um, for us as a couple, and then also impressing and, and also about church. Now, some of them we've, seen, to come, we've um, seen come to pass, which is amazing. And, and others are yet to be seen, but they still form a direction for us. Um, we've prayed about them, we've tested them, we believe that these are what God is going to do. You know, and so, what we did when we first came, we actually took, we didn't come and roll into town a ha ah, ha, we've arrived, let's up church, we're we'll the eyes with everything. We actually came in and we took about a year and a bit to sit and listen to God. To go, God, what is your heart for this town? What is the need within this place? What is it that you're wanting us to do within this place? You know, we wanted to hear what God was saying to us in this place. And we wanted our actions to be directed by God. We don't want to come in and go with what we think is the answer, but we wanted to listen to what his strategy was. And it was pretty tough, because I just like to get in and just do things. Let's just get started. Let's just make this happen. Um, and then also, we're pastors a church. And so when we spoke to people about church, we were actually speaking about something that didn't quite exist just yet. You know, we were speaking about something that wasn't as though it was. And um, at times, it felt pretty surreal. It kind of felt like we're playing church. I'm a pastor. I'm a church. I'm a pastor. I you know, kind of felt like we were like, playing dress up and pretend And something that we didn't quite have possession of um, But actually we were prophesying Into the vision that God had given us We were declaring about church And there's actually a video online um, Of us inviting people to come to church And saying, when you come along there's going to be people who are going to welcome you. And there's going to be awesome praise and worship. And when you're going to encounter God and your life's going to be changed. And we're like, we're like where have you know the service going? Like, it's like, we're putting it right out there. I'm like, people are going to turn up. There's going to be no one there. There's going to be no one to talk to them, to say hello, to invite them for coffee. Because we're declaring what was yet what was to be before it was. Two and a half years later, now we're now walking in some of what it is that God has promised us and what we were declaring in that place. And the rest of it we are walking towards. Now, God told us that a sleeping generation would awaken. He told us that there's a number of believers in the area who no longer were in church. They had a heart for Him, but they are just kind of sleeping. He told us that they would return. Now, this is something we believe and we pray into my we believed for, and, um, and since we've started, we've seen that time and time again. So there had been a testimony of people that come in and they'd say, oh, I used to go to church, but haven't found one since I've moved here, or I was busy, and life the way, and I haven't been in church, and, and I love God, but I haven't found a place that's right for me, and you know, that's been a testimony that we have seen as people, and we'd seen them come in and get them involved, and then suddenly their lives transformed, and it was like they were no longer sleeping. And that's one of the testimonies that we've seen. We've seen God do that, and we're continuing to believe because there's still a whole lot more of a seeking generation out there. But we're believing that more are going to come in. And um, you know, we see God doing a transformative work in their lives. Now, it's really important that, to understand that what you speak in one season sets you up for the next season. Our words are so, so, so important. You know, our words have creative power. Sometimes we don't necessarily understand that our words have creative power. Actually, Ray will say that our words create our world. And sometimes we underestimate how powerful our words can be. So, people who follow New Age and mysticism and all that kind of stuff will talk about, oh, just throwing out some positive vibes. To the to the universe, I'm just going to put some positive vibes out there, or I'm going to um, just speak positively and and all that kind of stuff, right? But actually, God had the monopoly on that kind of thing well before, because it says in Genesis one three that God spoke there be light and there was light, and light separated from the darkness, and He called it day and He called the darkness night, and said that it was good. And then God spoke. And the water and the sky separated. There was one the sky, one the spirit, and he called it good. And then God spoke, and then God spoke, and then God spoke, and then God spoke, and then God spoke. And whenever God spoke, something new was created. He created with his words. Now we have to understand that as spiritual beings, having a human experience, that the Holy Spirit lives within us. God lives within us. And so the same creative power that spoke life into being, that spoke light and darkness and separation, created the world, lives within us. So that when we speak, our words have creative power. Now I'm not saying like we're gonna go speak and become a mud man or something. That's not what I'm talking about. But when we speak we are prophesying, we're declaring. What we say about our current situation builds the foundation for our next season. If we're declaring God's word and His promises, then that's what we're going to walk into. If we're constantly speaking out untruth, fear, and doubt, then that's what's going to shape what our next season look. Does that make sense? Now, when we when we first came to Cromwell, it was incredibly important for me to watch my words um, because. Just the way I am, I'm so I'm affected by environment and by and by atmosphere. So I needed to tell myself that church planting wasn't an adventure, that church planting was pioneering, that church planting was breaking new ground. And when you think about pioneering and breaking new ground, those are hard things. But if you say an adventure, if I speak like my life is like a millennial's Instagram feed, and like look at this beautiful place and wonderlust and all that kind of fun stuff, if I spoke like that, then that's what I was going to experience. I wouldn't get bogged down by the work. I would get bogged down by the, by the fear and the like, oh my gosh, what have we done moments? But if I said to people, oh, you know what, it's really hard. Oh, it's really dry. Oh my gosh, it gets so hot. What are we doing here? If we got back and said, oh, I'm so tired, then that heaviness would come, from, would come over me. And there's no way that would actually be able to move forward. That would be what I would experience. Or if it's an adventure, we're seeing God doing incredible things, and that's what we're going to experience. Does that make sense? That's so easy for us to kind of speak out what we see around us our situation our circumstances. or circumstances. Whereas actually what God has done in the higher truth, then yes, sure, things might be tough. Yeah. Could be that resources are tight, but God is our provider. Then That is the truth. So if I speak out God is my provider, then that's my will experience. And maybe I'm feeling unwell, I'm tired, but God is my healer. And so if I speak out that God is my healer, then I'm going to step into that healing that he has for me. God, I'm so lonely. But actually it says in his word that he will never leave me or forsake me. He is always with me. So God, thank you for your presence. Thank you that you never leave me, that you're always with me. Thank you, Lord, that there is nowhere I can go to hide from you but you don't see my situation or my circumstances, but you see the child that you created, not the mess that i found myself in. Now, there's power when we declare the truth. There's power when we declare things, it may not be what we see in the natural, but if we declare them what God has said, if we declare his promises, then that's what we're going to walk into. Does that make sense, church? Oh, you're like some mullets. (laughs) Now, changing my language, then, what I'm declaring. What I'm prophesying into my situation reflects God's promises. That it reflects His growth. That it reflects His character. changes everything. Now there's a reason why the Israelites walked around the city of Jericho with their mouths shut. God said to them, walk around the city for seven days, but do not speak. Do not speak when you go around. Right, and the whole reason for that is they would have just started whinging and whining and what are you doing, Jesus? We're so sure. we're just walking around in a circle, we're just, like walking around in a circle and nothing is happening and whose stupid idea was this? We're just going in a circle and like there and there, having food and water and sleeping in comfy beds and we're walking around this and Joshua's lost the plot, what is going on? You yeah, know, they would have lost the battle in their heads and in their hearts and their spirits before like even a single blow was like taken and so they had to shut that God said keep your mouth quiet do not speak because he knew that what was going to come out of their mouth was not going to be good and so sometimes we just go look you just need to shut your mouth for a second just say nothing it's like your mother used to say you can't say something nice and kind don't say it at all. no? no? just my mother or it's what you're saying <laughs> love it <laughs> um, you know our words create our worlds and when we need to when well, we understand that when we speak it might even just be often coming, but when we speak we're and we're declaring things so we need to make sure that what we're declaring sets us up for the next thing that God's willing to do God may have given you a promise or a word for your life and you may go God I come and see this said at all, but declare it, grab hold of that promise, speak into it, pray into it, declare it, prophesy, because it's actually not up to us to bring that word to pass, it's up to God, but we need to prepare ourselves to receive it, does that make sense? apostolic, think of it as action in the noun and the it calling in what is to come, as the promises and speaking into those things. If we have um, action with no direction, then we're just maybe doing a whole lot of work that may not be what God wants us to do. But if we just have, also have prophecy, with no action, they are all a lot of talk. They come hand in hand. One puts a foundation for the other. One provides the direction for where we're going to. So that's just what I wanted to share with you guys this morning. as a church God is setting us up for breakthrough He's setting us up for um, for a new season but also individually as sons and daughters He's he's setting us up for a season of breakthrough in our own lives now I don't know what breakthrough looks like for you but I know that what God has for us is good and I know that what He has for us It's better than what we can come up with ourselves. We can come up with some great plans, but he's like our best ideas and nothing compared to his worst ideas and he has no worst ideas. I know that he's wanting to provide direction for us in the next season as a church and as his children. So our heart would be that would we'll be open to what it is that God is saying to us. That would we'll be open to his word, to listen to him. But also not be afraid to declare the promises that he has. For some of you who may have had dreams of promises that you've laid down, you're like, oh, I don't see how that's ever going to come to pass. I'm just going to put that down over to you, like. Through is coming. And you don't have to be afraid that God, I don't know, I don't know what to do, because he's actually going to provide your direction. He is the rudder that steers the ship. We just have to be open to handing him the wheel and listen to where he's seeing us.